Greetings, this is Pastor Stan Harvey of the Pentecostals of Sydney. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. It is our hope that this message, whether it be a Sunday service or a midweek lesson, would be a blessing and a help to you in your spiritual journey. Stay connected with us on our website, posydney.com, or on our numerous social media platforms. Now to the service. Thank you for the ladies' ministries for taking the service today. And I'm not going to take very long. I'm just going to share a few thoughts. But um, it, it is a wonderful and special occasion today. And be also mindful of those that who don't, maybe your mothers are not with you anymore. And it is a difficult time uh, for our families and uh, for those of you that have lost your mothers. But uh, we honor our moms. We honor our grandmothers, mother-in-laws, stepmoms foster moms, every kind of mother that you can imagine, we are thankful. Mothers are God's gift to humanity, and we are thankful for that. Amen. And as men, as a son, I'm very blessed to have a wonderful mother and a wonderful mother-in-law who's just passed, uh, and we are just, I'm just so very, very blessed. And I've learned a few things. As a man, uh, five questions that you never ask a woman. Or lady. Number one, you never ask her, have you gained weight? Okay, this is priceless for some of you men. You better note this down. You never ask, are you pregnant? Even if even if they look like they're carrying a balloon under their, their, their blouse, even if they're they're being literally wheeled into the birthing room, you still never ask, Are you pregnant? Unless they tell you. Number three, why are you acting like your mother? You never, don't ask your wives that. Why are you acting like your mother? And you never ask, so you don't have a job, you're a stay-at-home mom. And number five, you don't ask, are you really going to eat all of that? Amen. Wonderful to have Pastor Amin Lee and Sister Fifi with us. Assistant General Superintendent of the UPC of Indonesia. We're glad that they're here. He snuck in here this morning. I didn't know he was going to be here. But uh, Mother's Day uh, was started over 115 years, about 115 years ago, by a woman by the name of Anna Jarvis in Philadelphia. On the 12th of May, she held a memorial service for her late mother in the church. And I think it's a good thing to do that here in the church because Ephesians chapter 6 tells us uh, to honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Honor your mother and your father. If you want things to go well in your life, if you want to live a long life, honor your father and mother. I don't really know how that works. Maybe if, if you don't upset your mother and father, they won't kill you, so you'll have a long life. But uh, I'm not going to take very long. Thank you, Sister Stephanie. I, I just want to share a few thoughts, and we have already been blessed. God has already spoken to us, but I want to look at a couple of moms here in Scripture. The first mother, uh, oh, I don't even know she's a mother, actually. She's just a woman in Scripture. Uh, this, this lady was not a part of high society she was not a woman of status or honor 
In fact, the Bible tells us she lived uh, by the wall in a city called Jericho. And in this city, uh, if you live by the wall, it means it's one of the more uh, cheaper areas uh, of the, the town. It was not the expensive end of town. But, and she was also a woman of ill repute. The Bible calls her a harlot. And uh, she's named that in Scripture, a harlot or a prostitute. And yet she is listed in the, Hebrew, in the book of Hebrews 11, chapter 11's roll call of faith. It says, by faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not. You see, even though she was a Jerichoite, uh, when the spies of Israel came into the city of Jericho, she, she took them in. She harbored them and allowed them to stay in her house so that they might be protected uh, from the Jerichoites who were trying to, to find them and kill them. And as a result of that simple gesture, uh, they said to her, if you would hang a scarlet cord outside of your window when the Israelites come, and you know the story of Jericho, the walls come tumbling down. Everybody in that city was destroyed except for Rahab and everybody that she was able to bring into her home. Amen. The whole city was destroyed, but this one house, the house of Rahab the harlot and everybody that was with her, including her family, including her children, were spared from death. And so I can just imagine as the days would be coming for the Israelites to come, as they, they, they gathered around that city for six days, walking around, and finally on the seventh day, in that period of time, I can imagine her, uh, this woman Rahab going to all of her family and all of her, her siblings and all of maybe even her children to come into her house because that's where they were going to find safety. That's where they were going to find refuge in the house where she was. And as long as she could get them in the house, they would be safe. Amen. As long as she can get them in her home, under her roof, they would be safe. Amen. And that's a lesson for all of us brothers and sisters to learn. That whatever you've got to do, if you can continue to get yourself to the house of God, if you can continue to be a part of the kingdom of God, of the body of Christ... I know this is just a building. I, I know that it's just a time on Sunday, but I want you to know something. There's something special and powerful about coming into the house of God. And the best mothers and the best fathers are those who can get their children up on Sunday morning and say, we're going to the house of God. This is what we do. We are a part of the body of Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Don't underestimate the power of gathering together. That's why the Bible says forsake not. It's a commandment. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. God commanded us to gather together. And if we can just get to the house of God, I know something powerful is going to happen. Oh, bless the Lord. Rahab knew if I could just get them to my home, if I can just get them to the house, if I can just get them in, I know they're going to be okay. And I'm not saying that, that everything goes right. I'm not saying every problem somehow disappears. But if we can gather, if we can come and bring our families and bring as many people as we can into the house of God, God can do something in their lives.
Hallelujah. Hands up if you, were, if you were saved in the house of God. Put your hand up. Hands up if you got the Holy Ghost in the house of God. Hands up if you were baptized in the house of God. Amen. Hands up if you were healed in the house of God. Oh, I'm telling you, there's a blessing in reserve for the people of God. Whatever you got to do. Yeah, I know we can make a bit more money on a Sunday, Sunday rates, but don't forsake the house of God. Come together with God's people. Oh, bless the Lord. Amen. That, that, that's what we made a determination in our household and many of you in your households. Kiana's not going to wake up when she was a child and say, oh, what are we doing today? It's Sunday. No, she already knows Sunday is the day that we come into the house of God. This is what we do. Praise the Lord. I, I remember growing up as a kid, and, and you know, we weren't, we weren't always Pentecostal. We didn't grow up Pentecostal. We grew up in another denomination where you can hear a pin drop in church. You didn't know whether God was real or not. But I thank God for a mother who every Sunday she brought us to church. Amen. I even question and wonder whether she believed in God herself. But she brought us to church every Sunday, and, and I, I, I had a rotten attitude as a kid, and I didn't want to be there, but I had no choice because I had a mother that nagged me out of my bed on Sunday morning. said, we're going to church. I don't care what it is that you're doing, but you're getting up. You're putting your clothes on. We're going to church. And, and for, for the years up until I, I came over to Australia by myself to join my sister, we were going to church every Sunday. And I don't know if I learned anything in that church. I don't know if I received anything in that church. But maybe, just maybe, in the times that I was there, somehow the word of God, something just clicked in my brain and say, maybe deep down in the core of my being, even though I can't see him, even though I can't perceive him, yet somewhere deep in my soul there's a fear of God. God there's a knowledge of God that when I walked into this church when I was 19 years old something that fear that seed that was planted inside of me something began to come alive and I came to realize that God was real and God met me and filled me with the Holy Ghost I'm telling you every time you got to battle your kids to get them to the house of God whatever you got to do get them here get them into the house get them into the presence of God and maybe just maybe Maybe God will turn their lives around. We'll fill them with the Holy Ghost. We'll baptize them. Oh, hallelujah. Rahab got as many people as she could into her house, and they were saved. Amen. That's why David said, he said, you know, when I looked at the prosperity of the wicked and said in Psalm 73, he said, I, I almost slipped. When I saw all around me, I got jealous. Sister Robin talked about jealousy and malice earlier. And sometimes we can see some folks, that they seem to be prospering better than us. They got a better job. They got a better marriage. Their kids look better than my kids. And sometimes we get a little jealous and we, we wonder it can almost cause us to slip. And then here's what David said. He said, but when I went, I went to the sanctuary of God. Then I understood. He said, I almost slipped. I almost almost lost my salvation I almost lost my joy I lost my peace I lost my my sense of happiness I lost it I almost slipped away from God oh but when I went into the house of God I saw the truth I saw the reality of God's word 
Come on, somebody, let this message be for someone right now. Whatever you're going through in this life, whatever you're going through in the world, even when you haven't prayed all week, get yourself to the house of God. Get yourself into the body. And God can still do something in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't have much time. I got two minutes left. But, but here's the second woman I, I want to look at. We just learned just, just a couple of lessons here. Uh, this was a time in Israel when they found themselves enslaved in Egypt. The, this second woman, she was uh, introduced at a time when Egypt has enslaved Israel. And they were uh, slaves. And, and the Egyptian slave masters under Pharaoh's dominion wanted to ensure that Israel that they would remain slaves and that they would remain in their slave mentality. They didn't want Israel to think themselves free, but as long as they could keep them under, as long as they could keep them so busy and occupied with work, then they wouldn't realize just how powerful they are. That's why the Bible says they set for them taskmasters and they gave them labor with hard bondage. It was, it was tough. It was with rigor. They made them so busy that they didn't have time to wake up and realize who they really were. And even then they were so fearful. The Egyptians were so fearful of Israel that the, the Pharaoh commanded them to kill the firstborn. We read about, Sister Latai shared about it a little earlier. And that they were to kill the firstborn male. And everyone was fearful. They were all afraid. But the Bible tells us about one particular woman. Her name was Jochebed. That she feared God more than she feared Pharaoh. And what she did was she, she hid Moses, the Bible says, this little baby. And, and when she couldn't hide him anymore, she built for him a, a little ark of bulrushes. And she, 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 she lined it with pitch, made sure it was waterproof so that the baby wouldn't drown. And she set this basket with her own child, this baby, in this river, in the Nile, uh, along the reeds. And as the, the baby was being guided, as it were, by the sister Miriam, shadowing this this little thing making sure that the baby would be okay it is interesting to me i could never understand how could a mother release a child like that but there was something within her because the more he got bigger the, the more he grew the more loud he was and and all of egypt would be able to hear and would kill him and so this was an act of faith and salvation and the bible tells us in hebrews chapter 11 verse 23 it says by faith moses uh, when he was born was hid three months of his parents because they saw that he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment they they were they were fearful uh, they were only they were not fearful of the king but they had the fear of god amen and the bible says that they hid this child for three months they protected him and hid him until god by god's divine sovereignty he was he found his way into the the house of pharaoh as it were can I tell you, brothers and sisters, that we've got to learn as parents to hide our children. We've got to hide them in the fear of God. We've got to hide them in the presence of God. We've got to learn to hide our kids because they are being influenced by every kind of doctrine, by every lie and attack of the devil in this world. Social media is causing our children to have a different perspective that's contrary to the word. But can I tell you, we've got to learn to hide our kids, surround them with the word of God, surround them with prayer, surround them with the presence of the Lord. We've got to protect our kids. 
Hallelujah. And make sure that our children know who God is. Hallelujah. Don't make any apologies for how we raise our children. And again, there are no perfect parents here. There are no, there, there's no perfect, in fact, the best parent here in this house can still have children growing up to make their own decisions and walk away from God. How is it that you could have in the same household the same type of parenting and one will live for God and one will not? It was said of, of John Wesley and his family that John Wesley was a, was a champion of the faith, but he was a family of, of 10 or 11 children. And some of his brothers were drunks or found sleeping in the gutter. And so I want to help somebody here today to remind you that there is no perfect parent. If you've done the best you can, we honor you. We applaud you for that. Amen. Because you've done the very best that you can. But remember, whatever you have opportunity to raise your children, hide them. Hide them in the word of God. Protect them. Don't let them go off and do whatever they want to do. Don't, don't let them watch everything that they want to watch. Make sure you, you instill some discipline and protection to hide your children. Praise God. I think it was Jordan Peterson who said... Don't let your children do anything that would make you dislike them. I, I think that's a, good, that's a good benchmark. If, there's, if your children are doing anything that's making you dislike them, make sure you bring discipline upon your children. Colossians 3 and 1, the Bible says, If then you are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above not on things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ. He says we, our lives are hidden with Christ. It is protected. The world can't see it, as it were. The world can't touch you, as it were, when you are hidden with Christ. And finally, this third mother It's found in the book of 2 Samuel, in the 21st chapter. This is a really quite a dark and bizarre story. But the King Saul had uh, many children. He had children to his wives, but he also had concubines. And one of his concubines was a woman by the name of Rizpah. Rizpah had two children. And because King Saul had made an agreement with the Gibeonites, that he ended up breaking this agreement... When David ascended the throne, he had to make it right with the Gibeonites. He had to make peace and bring justice. And so he asked them, what, what, what is it that he, we could do? He said that they would, their requirement in order for there to be peace, because they had broken a vow, a covenant, David was to hang all of Saul's sons. And two of his sons were to this mother named Rizpah. And the Bible says that the sons would be hung. The dead bodies of their sons were hung on the trees from the time of barley harvest until the coming rains. That's seven months. For seven months, the bodies of these sons would be hanging from the tree. And they would be left to the elements 
be left to the, the animals of prey that would come and, and, and attack. A really gruesome scene. But this mother, Rizpah, when she heard of this, she went to where her sons were hanging. And from the seven months that they were there, she stood there. She lived under the shadow of the corpses of her sons, uh, pushing away all of the birds, pushing away all of the animals, making sure that her sons, who were now by this time, their bodies were decaying. I'm sorry, I don't mean to sound so morbid here. Their bodies were, were, were gruesome. They had lost their loveliness. But this mother stayed there for seven months because it was her sons. Brothers and sisters, this is the picture of the devotion of a mother, the love of a mother. Never would you see such a wonderful picture. By, by this time, the pictures, the bodies of her sons were, were just a, a, an awful, awful picture. But she remained steadfast. She remained patient and dedicated to her son. It was the only thing she had left of her son. And I want to say to you today, I know we're honoring mothers, but a mother is merely a reflection of the love and the compassion and devotion that God has for his children. That even while we have lost our loveliness, even while humanity has degraded so low and, and its, this, its figure has been so deformed, disfigured by sin, yet there is a love of a father of a God that is so great for us that he will be devoted and dedicated to his children. John said, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not because I knew him not. Behold what manner of love the Father has for us. For God is like a mother, the Bible says. A mother who draws her chicks in. Like an eagle who cares for her young, protects, and challenges. I want to talk to you today about a mother's love. A mother's love that is seen in fulfillment through the love of our Heavenly Father. Musicians, if you'd like to come. You may be a mother because... You insist that your child wears a jumper because you're cold. You may be a mother if you tell your daughter how much prettier she is if she just gets her hair out of her eyes. You hear yourself say things like, you know, your face will freeze like that. Or if all your friends jumped off the bridge, would you jump off a bridge? Ever said that as a mom? You may be a mother if there's an iPod or an iPhone that belonged to your child in your bag. You may be a mother if the first thing you ask when somebody walks through the door, would you like something to eat? You may be a mother if you spend your whole holidays worrying if you left the iron on or not. Or your daughter says smugly, I'll never be like you. And you know she's just like you. Hallelujah. A little six-year-old boy with his mother in a crowded waiting room in a doctor's surgery. And you know what six-year-old toddlers are like. They have a million questions. 
Questions about everything. In an hour and a half, this little boy covered almost all of the entire Encyclopedia Britannica. He wondered about everybody, asking about people in the waiting room, about things in nature, even getting into things about God. And patiently, Mother answered every question as best she could, as much as she could. And other people listening to that relentless and unchanging why and how, they were getting a little uncomfortable. And you can read the expressions on their faces. They're asking, wondering, how can she stand that? That is so annoying. She just sat there patiently answering every question after question. Until finally, getting around to God, he asked the question, Why doesn't God ever get tired and just stop being God? And that's where Mother had to think about it for a while. And she answered, she said, Because God is love, and love never gets tired. Hallelujah. Can I tell you God's love for you? Never gets tired, never gets old. As much as we whine and complain, we ask question after question, annoying to our own families, to our own siblings, our own mom and dads. Can I tell you there's a God who's like your mother, who never gets tired. You know, you can always go to mom's house, and in mother's house, you'll be accepted there. That's where you're, you're drawing, you know, your five-year-old drawing. She'll put it right on the fridge and say, look at that Picasso. Look at that masterpiece. And you know it was terrible. But it's like that with God. Regardless of how good or how bad it is, God says, here's my son. Here's my daughter. And you're always welcome in my house. Here is where you find your acceptance. Oh, hallelujah. We sang it already today about the love of God, how wide, how deep, how wide, how far God's love can reach wherever you are, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Oh, hallelujah. Would you stand to your feet? Glory to God. Mothers are God's gift to us. God's gift to this world because it's a reflection of God's care. I'm sorry, dads. But a research statistic was, was held and, and they found that whenever some, they were asked them, when you have problems, who would you go to? I'm sorry, but 90% said they'll go to mom. Why? I don't know. Maybe because dad will just tell you what you need to do. But mom's there with loving arms, ready to embrace and saying, it's going to be okay. You're home now. I got you. Hallelujah. And that it is the same with God. His arms are open wide. He says, come unto me, all of you that are weary and heavily laden, and I will give you rest. Rest for your souls. Amen. I know it's been long, the service, but I believe God wants to minister to somebody here today. God still wants to touch your life and work in you and bring you to a place of a loving relationship with him. Would you lift your voices for a few moments in prayer? Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your patience and long-suffering to us. Thank you, Lord, that you care so deeply. We thank you for your precious love and your goodness. As we open our hearts to you, we receive your embrace.
We receive your love. Oh, hallelujah, Lord, our arms are open wide. Our hearts are hungry. Our spirits are thirsty for you. And we need you in our midst today. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I want to invite you to come out of your seats at this altar for a time of prayer and saying, God, I, I want your love. I give you my heart. I give you my spirit. I give you my soul. If you want something from God, you want his Holy Spirit, he will give it to you if you so desire. He wants to pour out his Holy Spirit upon your life. Hallelujah. Maybe you're, you're a mother here today and you've been struggling. Perhaps you've been going through difficulties with your own children, with your husband, with your family. God wants to minister to you today. We're here to honor, to lift up, to bring before God his presence. Amen. Maybe you're a child. Maybe you've lost your mother already. Now is your opportunity once again to say, God, you fill that void. You can fill that gap. You can fill my heart again. Or whatever your need is today, this is your time to pray and to seek the Lord. Seek him while he may be found. For if you hunger and thirst after him, after righteousness, you shall be filled. If you're thirsty today, the rivers of living water is flowing in this house. This altar is open. Why don't you come and spend some time with God? Amen. Why don't you get around them, your mother, right now, wherever they are. Lay hands on your mom and pray for one another. Husbands, pray for your wives today. All over this house, let this be a time of prayer.